Welcome to the Healing Trauma Podcast, a space for those who are healing from complex and developmental trauma. Introducing your host, Monique Coven, a certified trauma recovery coach, survivor, and thriver. The intent of the podcast is to provide helpful information with insight that can validate, encourage, and support you on your healing journey. You're going to hear stories from other survivors and trauma experts, featuring therapists, coaches, and practitioners. We will open up the conversation on effective trauma healing modalities, practices, and tools. If you are interested in trauma recovery coaching, as well as recommended books and healing resources, head over to www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. And now, here is your host, Monique Coven. Today's episode is sponsored by Dr. Arielle Schwartz, the author of many books related to trauma and healing trauma. And this episode, we're going to be talking about her brand new book, Therapeutic Yoga for Trauma Recovery, Applying the Principles of Polyvagal Theory for Self-Discovery, Embodied Healing, and Meaningful Change. I'm so excited to talk with her today. I have lots of questions to ask her about trauma and about how yoga can help us heal our trauma in an embodied way. And so thank you, Dr. Ariel Schwartz, for believing in this podcast and sponsoring this podcast. It means so much. So now on to the episode. Welcome, Arielle, to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks, Monique. It's lovely to be here with you. I'm excited because today we're going to be talking a little bit about a subject that I am not that familiar with, but I am so intrigued because I hear so much about how yoga can really be helpful in as a part of healing trauma. And so um, I wanted to just talk to you about Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background and what inspired you to teach yoga for trauma. Yeah. You know, I would say that yoga came into my life when I was very young and it came in just at a, a very critical time in my life when there were a lot of moving pieces. My parents got divorced when I was um, four years old. Uh, they had started towards that trajectory by, you know, when I was two. So there was a lot of upheaval and unpredictability in my very early life. And shortly after the divorce, I think I must have been about five years old, my stepfather came into my life, and he had already been practicing yoga, and in fact, even teaching yoga. And so we traveled in those early years to ashrams and to yoga centers, um, even to Kripalu, where I later did my teacher training. And so I had the experience of just being a young child in the in these environments. Um, one of my favorite memories, early memories of yoga, is that my stepdad would come to my third grade class and he would teach us all um, within the context of my school. But meanwhile, and you know, in the kind of external of my life, with my parents' divorce, there was a lot of strife, there was a lot of conflict. They both were remarried by the time I was seven. And I just felt like my whole foundation of self was very, really wobbly. Mm -hmm. 
simultaneously around that same time, our house caught on fire. My mom's house caught on fire, which was my safe home. Right? And so at that time, there was all of these uh, kind of cracks in the foundation of my core sense of self and my sense of stability. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the islander or the sweet spot that I found during that was actually just the playfulness of yoga. Um, so in those times, I could roar like a lion. I could, you know, reach my branches like a tree. I could send roots down into the earth, um, stand like a mountain, right? There were all of these metaphors and images that offered this counterpoint of, of stability, honestly, yeah. uh, and freedom. So, you know, so that's a, a lovely place to discover kind of in an embodiment sense, an embodied sense very early on. And then, you know, if I fast forward a little bit in the story, um, you know, yoga was introduced young. Uh, By the time I was a teenager, it was not on top of mind. It was not what I was going to. And when I got to college, I had a significant amount of anxiety, Uh, really quite debilitating. I had uh, would kind of alternate between feeling very anxious and feeling depressed. And uh, again, I think all of that groundlessness of my earlier years was coming through the, the gates of another life transition. Um, and it was my third year or so of college that a friend of mine just took me by the hand and brought me to a yoga class. And there I felt at home. I felt comfortable. I felt more relaxed. I could breathe more easily. And it just felt like a real, a real homecoming. So very shortly, within, within a few months, I want to say, I, I developed a daily practice um, And that is something I took with me when I graduated from my undergraduate degree. And I became a teacher kind of by by default or by requisite of my environment. I I moved out to Southern Utah to work as a uh, instructor for a wilderness therapy program. And I would have my daily yoga practice. And I was working with youth at risk and they would watch me do these funny postures or breathe in a certain way. And they would say, what are you doing? And can we do that with you? So the next thing I knew I was teaching them and the other staff were noticing what I was doing. And they're like, what are you doing? That looks fun. Can I do that with you? So I started teaching the staff. And then on our weeks off, when I wasn't in the field with the kids, I was practicing in the community. And next thing I knew I was teaching the community of this small town that I was in. I hadn't even gone and done my official teacher training yet, but it was, I was just so moved to share what I loved and, and then from there, I went and did my official teacher training, um, which I did at the age of 23. So this was all, all a very young, uh, organic flow. Yeah, so I, I'm listening to you and I'm wondering, what did, you, what did you discover when you started practicing? So you said that you were experiencing anxious symptoms, you know, not really feeling rooted. What, what was it that was happening to you that was, that was really drawing you into this practice? I would say that the the biggest thing that I noticed was a predictable way back to a feeling of being calm that, and that I knew like, no matter what I brought with me onto the mat, I would come back feeling more connected or I would have an insight, right? Even if the time on the mat had its own rockiness, right? It's not uncommon, especially in the kind of yoga that I teach that emotions come to the surface that there's, um, that we're greeting the tight places. It's not so much trying to smooth everything out, but that going towards 
where is the emotion caught in the body or where is that contraction or, or how are you feeling that, right? Like if I, if I turn towards that, something inevitably begins to unfold, whether that's, you know, mentally as an insight, whether that's emotionally as something releases, um, whether it's somatically as feeling, you know, that I have a movement that creates a greater sense of freedom. Interesting, because though I have never done yoga, I do remember a time where I was stretching and I started to a bunch of tears started falling. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, well, you know, we, I think we know at this point that that these phrases, you know, the body keeps the score that we you know, know from Bessel van der Kolk's book or the body bears the burden. That's where the stuff from the past lives. Right. And yes, it influences how we think our, our thoughts. It influences um, the images that we carry in our mind, but mostly it's in our sensations and in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that felt sense. And so as soon as we start breathe or opening up those pockets of sensation, whatever we're maybe bracing against is right there for our awareness, which is why in yoga for trauma, we really want to pace ourselves, right? It's not that we want to open up all of that at once. And so there's a lot of instruction within the book of moving slowly and listening to your body and knowing your pace. Okay. Well, what makes your approach, like, so the trauma approach different from, say, traditional yoga? Well, you know, so, so a little bit about how this particular model and book came to be is I had been teaching therapeutic yoga um, for quite a while pre-pandemic, right? So starting in 2008, I was teaching this to small groups locally. And, um, and often I would call this yoga for transformation. I just knew that there was something really transformational, mm-hmm. but very often who was coming into the class were bringing their own unfinished wounds and their own, mm-hmm. um, their, their own oracle events or current stressful events. And I was getting a lot of feedback from my, from my students that this was really beneficial for releasing um, those burdens of trauma. And so then in, um, I don't know, maybe 2017, I started to officially teach these courses in therapeutic yoga for trauma. And I did a six week course that I taught um, and ran that course for several years, several times a year, and then the pandemic hit. And so I knew that there was something very rich in that model that not only helped you know, create relief for each person personally, but also facilitated a sense of community, right? Community for the students and a community for me. I love teaching these classes. Mm-hmm. So when all of my classes shut down as true yoga studios and teachers, um, I did what you know was natural at that point, which was to take the classes to Zoom. Around that same time, I was teaching um, an embodied yoga course for a group called the Embody Lab, which is run by my friend Scott Lyons, and. Um, and Scott came to me and said, would you like to partner with Dr. Steve Porges? And um, would you create a course for us called the Applied Polyvagal Theory in Yoga? So again, you can feel the recency of this. This was just in 2020. And I said, I would love to, right? It's very natural. And I already have the template for the course because I've already been teaching this. And so I, I created what has now evolved into a 25-hour class. And it teaches the whole model. 
And I've taught it several times now. I taught it for Embody Lab, and then I taught it in Tokyo, again, over Zoom. Um, so I've taught it uh, with Steve Porges um, across these last several years. And each time Dr. Porges and I get together for these classes, we just have had these really rich dialogues of the intersection of where, apply, where polyvagal theory and yoga have a lot of parallels. And so it just kept kind of setting off light bulbs and curiosities. And so I followed that. And at some point, um, by the end of 2020, I was very clear that this, um, that I could create a book out of this, that I could really take this training and this model and share it in this way. And so, so what makes this approach different, I think is in part that applied polyvagal theory within the model itself. And, and I'll share a little bit more about that, but maybe in the most simple ways, just to say that there's not a whole lot of emphasis on perfecting some posture, right? Like making your body look a certain way. It's much more an emphasis on the inner experience, a conversation with your body, um, very free natural movements, what we call pendicular movements, which is like a full body yawn or a stretch, as you say. And all of that, there's lovely research about what happens with the fascia and that it starts to help and uh, melt and rehydrate the fascia when we move in that manner. Yeah, so very different. What I hear is more of an emphasis on the internal experience versus the, you know, like you said, the postures and the, um, which is which is really great about getting into the body. So many people, trauma survivors, you know, in their daily life, you know, they come face to face with the the experience of how how challenging it can be to be in their body. Trauma recovery is about finding safety. Safety firstly in our bodies, and then in our experience, in relationships with others. And so part of the work that I do as a trauma recovery coach is help you to begin to get unstuck in those responses that are really in the body. As we know, trauma doesn't live in our thoughts or in our cognitions. Yes, our thoughts play a part, but it begins in our somatic experience. Through the coaching experience, I will give you tools and support to help you to begin to move through those responses where you often find yourself stuck. To find out more about my trauma recovering coaching offerings, you can visit my website at www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. So I'm just wondering, uh, you know, how, how, what would that look like? How can you gently help someone to feel or begin to feel embodied and safely embodied in their body? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say a few things to that. One is that if we think about the, the journey towards embodiment, it's moving your attention from more of an outer focus to an inner focus. Right? And very often with trauma, our attentional focus gets locked in one place or another. It either gets locked outside of us in a vigilant tracking of our environment. What are your facial expressions? Or I'm tracking the body language of everyone in the room, or I'm vigilantly listening for sounds, right? So we have all of this kind of sensory um, reaching, if you want to think about it that way, out into the world. And we can get stuck in that reach. We can get stuck in that tracking of the world or that vigilance. So the process of embodiment begins to kind of help us observe where is our attention? 
And how do we get more fluid with moving our attention from the external towards the Every once in a while, some, you know, some individuals experience more of a hyper internal focus. It's like my intention went inside and it got stuck there. And in that case, we're helping to build more attentional fluidity by being able to track what's happening outside, right? So we might move between, you know, noticing what's happening inside the body and noticing what's happening in the space around you. So you might look around your space and literally say, oh, I like that art on the wall, or Mm -hmm. I put this beautiful item on my altar and that, that, you know, helps me feel calm. So part of it is really creating a safe space for your practice that can be grounding. So that's, uh, that's really, really good. Very, very interesting. And I love it. Um, So another thing that I know you emphasize a lot is the vagus nerve in your approach to to therapeutic yoga. Can you, yoga, I think Mm -hmm. I said yogurt, (laughs) 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 to therapeutic yoga. But can you tell us or say more about that? Yeah. And I would say that really ties into that last question as well of how are we creating safety? Mm-hmm. So the classes that I teach all start with um, attending to the state of your nervous system. So we're building more self-understanding, self-knowledge. And once again, that's going to help us develop more of a sense of safety. Am I keyed up? Am I shut down? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling um Uh, hopeless, right? How does my body give me feedback about that? And we do some really simple practices that help to stimulate the vagus nerve. It's not to hack the nervous system. We're not Mm -hmm. trying to aggressively make something different or something happen. We're really attending to the nervous system. So you might, for example, rub your palms together and place your hands on your face and just sweep your hands across your forehead and your cheeks over your ears, over your chest, whatever feels comfortable for you, so that we're beginning to cultivate sensory awareness. And once again, we create safety by alternating our attention between those cues in my external environment that let me know I'm safe, so that it starts to feel safer to attend to what's happening internally without feeling flooded or overwhelmed. And so we can move in this really gentle fashion and then, you know, stimulation of the vagus nerve, either through that self-touch or through humming or certain breathing practices are really just to amplify that sense of safety in the here and now so that we're setting the stage to move a little bit more deeply into the practice. Mm. Okay. Love that. Love that. Uh, you work as an EMDR therapist and a somatic psychologist. How do you bring that background into therapeutic yoga for trauma? Yeah. So, you know, what feels so natural to me is that bridge. I did my yoga teacher training in 1996. And that same fall, I began my master's program in somatic psychology. So in some way, I always knew that these two bodies of study were going to come together. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, I think, for me, what feels like such a pivotal moment in the um, publishing of this new book is that I feel that for me professionally, I just created a bridge between uh, my, you know, really my, my two professional identities and my personal practices. Um, so it's an exciting time. And the bridges can show up in a few ways. One is that 
we recognize that from, from the study of trauma recovery, both through the lens of EMDR and somatic psychology, we understand that trauma recovery happens in phases. We typically need a stabilization or a phase that's focused on building our resources and creating that sense of state safety or health. And then in phase two, we go a little bit more deeply into where is that felt sense related to the past or what is the worst part of that memory or the image associated with that? what are the beliefs that you have about yourself? So all of this is woven into this model. Uh, all of the, the information about trauma recovery from both my background in EMDR and somatic psychology is woven right in. So we're creating these opportunities to build our resources do that deeper dive into where is it held and how might we unwind that. And then the third phase of trauma has to do with integrating the insights and bringing that new sense of self out into the world. And yoga really has a, a beautiful parallel of this, um, of this journey in a way, a hero's journey that I speak about in my other book, The Post-Traumatic Growth Guidebook. It sounds so good. So you, you call your work, uh, I saw that you called it resilience-informed therapy. Um, and I know you have another book of yours on post-traumatic growth. Can you say more about how therapeutic yoga supports resilience and growth after traumatic events? Yeah. You know, I think the um, there, there's a few pieces along the way. One is that when we're working somatically, if, if we you know kind of use that lens again, we're helping to build a sense of grounding and empowerment in the body, and we're working through how is how was that held and how do we release that. When we look through the lens of EMDR, we also see that there is um, a way in which we're integrating across the brain and kind of brain body integration. And so if we look at some of the basic elements of cross-lateral uh, movements that we see in EMDR, the eye movements or the tapping, that is so easy to facilitate in yoga because we have all of these cross-lateral movements right in yoga. Um, a lot of the emphasis that I speak about in my work in general, not just the yoga work, is cultivating what I refer to as nervous system flexibility. Basically, that we want to know how to move between states of excitement and mobilization and even some states of fear or response to stress. And we don't want to get stuck there. We want to be able to flexibly respond to that and return to states of ease and relaxation without getting stuck in the shutdown. Right. And so nervous, nervous system flexibility uh, for, you know, versus like physical muscle flexibility that we often think of with yoga, but this is nervous system flexibility. So we're building more capacity for states of joy, states of excitement, um, play. And we're also building more capacity for rest and relaxation so we can sleep well at night. So that's the resilience. And often mm -hmm. in my, my work, especially in the, the post-traumatic growth guidebook, I speak about the resilience recipe, which is building a set of daily practices that are the ongoing commitment to your well-being. And this builds this reservoir of resilience, right? So that every day I know that um, you know, I can get on my yoga mat, I can breathe, I can move my body, or I can spend time in nature, right? You get to make your own resilience recipe. But because yoga has been such a part of mine, um, it's, it's, this is really just kind of handing over the, my daily practice and saying, hey, join me, right? We can create this together. 
So uh, as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about the book, do you describe in the book like details of how to do these poses? Or I do. And what I'm so excited about is I got to partner with a local photographer. Her name is Jessica Kimmick. She is a beautiful photographer. She actually had already been doing some yoga photography. And, and so it was just such a, a beautiful partnership. So she helped create these stunning images for the book so that it's a visual reference point. I talk you through a whole bunch of practices. At the end, there's a whole section on, um, that guides you to create your daily practice. And recognizing that, again, because it's not about the outer shape, you can do mm -hmm. these practices in a chair, right? You can do them in your bed, some of them. Whoa. Like, it's very gentle. And then there's a whole range so that there some are standing and more vigorous. And you're going to listen to your body. Wow. So there's actually going to be pictures. Mm -hmm. is, it, is this book going to be available also on audio eventually? That is my hope. And, and um, you know, I have several programs out there that, um, and of course, I have my YouTube channel. So I have lots of guided practices that are out there that accompany the book. Nice. More to come. I've already, um, you know, kind of have a partnership with Yoga Online. We'll have a course and there'll be a guided practice in there. So there's, there's going to be more to come that, that will accompany this book in terms of being guided through it, whether it's an audio guided or a video guided, which I think the video can be particularly helpful. Um, and, and it'll come in Kindle form, right? It's, it, it's official publication date is May 10th. So it's on its way. Oh, it's, yeah, very, very soon. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. I, what I, what I hear about this is the, the word that just comes to my mind is just, it's just a gentle, a gentle invitation to come back into your body. And I love the idea of practices because that invites um, predictability, mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, putting that into your, into your schedule. And um, that's lovely. So is there anything else you want to tell us that you think might be helpful that we should know about your work or about this book or, you know, I was thinking about some of the, the research that supports this work, which, you know, we haven't mentioned, but it's, it's maybe worthwhile just mentioning here that there is a lot out there that really supports the efficacy of yoga in relationship to our health, right? Our physical health, of course, our emotional health, as we're speaking to here. And um, looking at things like heart rate variability and how, why we breathe in certain ways impacts how we feel and impacts our physical health. So I go into all of those details in the book. Mm -hmm. And I always say with all of my books, like there's some science thrown in there because I like to get geeky with that, <laughs> give or take it. Dr. Steve Porges wrote um, one of the forwards. I actually have two forwards for this book. He wrote one of the forwards for the book. And um, the feedback that I get is it's a little bit of an intimidating start. So if you look at the forward and you go, oh boy, this is over my head, jump into the material and come back to it later. And you'll go, oh, now it makes more sense. Um, it's, it's fabulous. I'm so grateful he wrote the forward, but it's very scientific. Okay. Um, and then Tiffany Cruikshank, who's also a, a beautiful yoga teacher, um, her work, Yoga Medicine, integrates um, Chinese medicine with yoga um, and meridian points and so forth. And so she wrote a lovely, very welcoming forward as well. Um, so, you know, I would say that with the science of it, if it's your thing, great, geek out with me. And if you're just looking for the practices, there are ample practices that will just help mm. you get started. Oh, that's, that's really, really lovely. 
Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing with us. I really appreciate it. And I will put all the links in the show notes to all your great stuff, your book. I'm just so grateful for you. I'm, I'm grateful for all the work that you've put in to the, the trauma healing world and uh, full of gratitude. Well, thank you. And I, um, I feel the same way. I'm actually just really grateful to be able to help sponsor your podcast and get the word out there. I'm thrilled about that. Um, and decide to jump and, and, and get your feet wet and get on your yoga mat. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I do have a map and I, I have your book, so I will let you know. I okay. think it's going to be good. <laughs> All, All right. right. Thank you. You take good care. Thank you. Yes, well.